appreciate all of you. Thank you for your kindness, your support. Um, I just want to give us enough time to, as much time as possible, to preach and to pray because I believe God wants to do something special in here. Uh, I don't know if you're feeling what I'm feeling. And uh, while, while I say this um, to the media team, you can go to Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. And, uh, I don't know if you're feeling what I am feeling, but I feel like there is such a thick anointing of God in this house this morning. There is a, a, a thick uh, uh, spirit that is here. God, God is in this place, and it's, is anyone else feeling what I'm feeling? It's deep, it's, it's thick, and, and uh, everybody that has come up here and sang or touched this microphone or stood behind this pulpit has been laced with anointing, and uh, all of these people are wonderful, but it's not because of them, it's, it's because of God, because God is here, and, and that's why every song and every soloist and every musician and everything you've heard today, that's why God has been here from the very start, and he's here right now, and he's going to be here with us all the way to the end, and uh, I'm just going to do my best to obey what I feel in the Holy Ghost today. Um, I, 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 I just, I, God has confirmed it in my spirit, I just feel like God can do absolutely anything here today and my only goal my only goal here today is just to turn God loose my my goal is not to try to control anything my goal is not to try to to uh, uh, try to put a harness on God my goal is to just to release what what is tapping on our door this morning amen how many how many believe with me that God can do anything and how many believe regardless of what your experience says and regardless of what you've seen that God God can do a healing work in your body today and God can do a healing work in your mind today? How many believe that God can set some captives free? And how many believe that God can deliver some people from regret and from condemnation? How many people believe that God can set somebody free from depression and anxiety? How, how many people feel that God can write a new story in the chapter of your life? How, how many people feel like the God of impossibilities is here in this place to make anything possible? Come on, I don't care if you're a visitor. I don't care if you don't know what all this is about. If you would just begin to open your heart and begin to open your mind and begin to open your spirit to God right now. There's absolutely no telling what Jesus can do in your heart and in your mind. This can be the day where everything changes. This can be the day that you put down on your calendar as the day where everything changed for you and the day that you'll never forget for as long as you live. I, I don't care if you're a saint of God or if you're a first or second time visitor. This can be the day where heaven comes to earth and everything changes for you. And if you believe that, I want you to put your hands together for Jesus in faith and in anticipation. Matthew 6, 9 through 13, familiar passage of scripture. I'm going to read it quickly after this manner. Therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Somebody say forever. Amen. The scripture concludes. What I want to preach to you about today 
is, is from this thought in Spokane as it is in heaven. In Spokane as it is in heaven. I, I, I believe, I just can't get away from this. I believe that God is wanting to bring heaven to earth in some special way here today. I already told you a few weeks ago what I felt God speak to me when I first drove into your city just a few weeks ago that God was going to pour out on Spokane the likes of which we have never seen. I can't even wrap my head around it. I can't even wrap my spirit around it. All I know is I have not come to give you enticing words of man's wisdom today, but all I am after today is a demonstration of the spirit and power. I come before you in weakness and fear and trembling because God is in this place and God is in Spokane and God has been knocking on doors in apartment complexes throughout Spokane and God has been knocking on people's hearts in bars and in coffee shops and on college campuses around Spokane. God is desperately wanting and will bring heaven to Spokane in a way that we have never seen before. You have waited long enough. You have prayed long enough. You have fasted long enough. Amen. Your leadership has labored here for over 20 years and you've seen great things, but you have not seen anything like what God is fixing to pour out in 2020 and 2021. You mark my words. These next two years beginning now will be an outpouring like you have never seen before. These next two years you will see healings and you will see miracles like you have never seen before in your lives. These next two years you will see more drug addicted and more hopeless, wretchful people come to God and have their lives turned around than you have ever seen before. And if you believe that with me, I need you to lift your voice and I need you to praise him right now. Come on, come on, lift your voice all across this house. Come on, if you're a visitor here today and you need something from God, why don't you start lifting your voice and lifting your hands to him as well and watch what happens when you do. Come on, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Get close to him, he'll come close to you. Come on, that's it. That's it, just for a few more seconds. Uh, let's entertain what we're feeling right now. Let's entertain what we're feeling right now. Come on, come on, come on. That's it, that's it, come on. Come on. God's fixing to do something intense in this place. Are you ready for it? Are you willing for God to do something intense? Come on. Don't be afraid of it. It might make you uncomfortable. If you're not used to this, it might make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. But honey, why don't you go ahead and get comfortable with the uncomfortable today? Because God is going to shift and change some things in your life. Come on. Ten more seconds. I just want us to praise it. seated if you want to, but don't, please don't get too comfortable. And Jordan, please stay close. I'm here to let somebody know today that God is wanting to bring the elements of heaven down to earth. When we look at what heaven is and we look about how the Bible talks about heaven, the Bible talks about that there will be no disease or sickness there. 
The Bible talks about that there will be no tears that will be shed there. There will be nothing but joy. Obviously, we know everybody that is in heaven and that will be in heaven are there because they have received and obeyed the gospel. They are saved. That's how, of course, we get to heaven when we obey salvation and when we allow God to give us his salvation. The Bible talks about that there will be perfect unity in heaven because every tribe and every tongue and every nation will be in heaven around the throne worshiping God. Amen. Uh, uh, Something that has never been perfectly achieved on this planet earth. Amen. Uh, uh, On this earth there are still wars and rumors of wars and ethnic tribalism and literal tribalism and there are people that are opposed to each other due to background or due to race or due to whatever. None of that stuff is going to be there in heaven. Amen. No one is going to look at anybody on the outside because we are not going to have mortal bodies. We're going to have immortal bodies. We are going to look different. We are going to be different and it's not going to be about all the petty little things that we get into fights and argue over there. I've just come to let somebody know that in heaven there will be no such thing as racism in heaven, but there will be only perfect unity. And I don't know about you, amen, but I'm glad that I'm in a Pentecostal church that doesn't believe those lies, doesn't buy those lies. We are in a place where every tribe, every color, every tongue can come and worship together. Amen. The color, the 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 bloodline, the the blood of Jesus has washed away the color line and we are all equal in the sight of God. We are all brothers and sisters here, regardless of where we come from or what our country of origin is. I'm just glad that we could have a little bit of heaven come down to earth and we're going to see more. Amen. There's probably at least eight or nine or ten different nationalities represented here today, but what if I told you that God wanted to bring more heaven to earth so that there would be 20 different nationalities represented in this church? That is the will of God for all of us to worship together. You might have a different music preference. You might have a different dress preference. You might have all your little different things that you might prefer one or the over. But when we come together in the house of God, we are all equal. We are all one and the same. We worship together. We love each other. We serve each other regardless of any of the little petty fights that go on out in the world. We don't bring that stuff into the church. We bring heaven into the church. And it's God's will for it to be in Spokane as it is in heaven. Perfect unity and perfect togetherness. Amen. As I already mentioned, there, are, there will be no sick bodies in heaven. And we know as long as we live on this earth that we still will occasionally have to deal with some sickness because we are born into sin and we live in a sinful world. And that's part of the price of living in this world. But once we get over there, our bodies will be perfect and there will be no sin. I don't know about you, but Jesus said we are to pray that let it be on earth as it is in heaven. So I believe, amen, just as there is no sickness in, in heaven and just as of course perfect healing has taken place in heaven. I believe that God wants to bring pieces of that down to earth and wants to heal bodies and wants to heal minds. Come on somebody, let it be in Spokane as it is in heaven. If there's healing in heaven, let healing come down to earth. Come on, if everybody in heaven is there because they've been saved, then let heaven come down to earth and let God pour out salvation upon every heart, upon every mind. If you've never been 
saved, if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, if you've never spoken other tongues, as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance as the sure sign that you've been filled with His Spirit, God wants to give that to you today. Why? Because He wants it to be in Spokane as it is in heaven. He wants to bring down pieces of heaven on earth to where we step into a service and when we come to an altar, we say, I can't even explain what happened, but it was like I lost track of time. I wasn't even in my own right mind. I can't even remember everything that happened. You know why, honey? Because you just stepped into a little bit of heaven because God just brought down a piece of heaven down to earth for you and I to experience. Amen. He can do absolutely anything. There's absolutely nothing that God cannot do. There's absolutely nothing that God cannot accomplish. There's nothing too hard for him. With, 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 with men, you know, we can only do so much. But with God, the Bible says nothing shall be impossible. And if God is for us, then who on earth can be against us? And I tell you some of the things that I saw in my mind while I was praying and getting ready for the service. And I had entirely different things to preach to you today. But as I was standing up there, God began filling my mind and my spirit and I wrote things down as quickly as I could. Amen. What I've seen in my mind recently, amen, it's like I, I had an aerial view and I'm assuming it was Spokane because I'm praying for Spokane, praying for this church and, and there were masses of people that were walking and moving and they were all grayed out, almost like a, a black and white sitcom or something like that. They were, they were all grayed out and they were just moving huddled together in masses. They were just moving forward, huddled together not looking up, not it's like they weren't aware of anything around them. It was like they were almost robots, just moving and shuffling to the beat of the world's drum. But then as I continued to see this in my mind, there were people all scattered throughout that crowd that looked up and lifted their hands. And when they did, they went from black and white to color. And I could see them so obviously and so noticeably in the mix of the crowd of people in gray. And I believe that God let me know in that moment, yes. Yes, there will always be sin. And yes, there will always be people that don't want me. Yes, there will always be people that are too proud to pray. Yes, there will always be people that are too proud to give up their sin and too proud to surrender their vices and addictions. But just as there are those people, there are plenty of people all throughout this city and all throughout this region that are desperate for God, that are lifting up their hands and God's eye is on them. And God is saying, I see you, sir. I see you, ma'am. And I'm going to send somebody to you. I'm going to send somebody to rescue you. You don't have to live the way you've been living. You don't have to be in the middle of this hole the way you've been living it. You, you don't have to be so depressed. You don't have to be so drug addicted. God says, I see you and I'm coming to set you free. And I believe, I believe with all my heart that some of the people that were in my mind's eye in that vision, in that moment, could it be that some of those people that have been reaching out and you've been thinking about God and you've been wanting more and needing more, you need to be set free from something. Whether it's depression, whether it's addiction, whether it's fear, whether it's the demons and ghosts of your past, whatever it might be, I believe some of those people I saw in my mind are here in this audience today. Some of those people that I saw with their hands lifted, desperate for God, are here in this audience today. And God sent this crazy, young, zealous preacher to you today to let you know that God's eyes been on you. He's heard your prayers. He's heard your cries. He's heard 
heard the times where you couldn't even speak anything with your mouth, but your spirit was groaning for more. He heard the times where in your mind you've been thinking, is this really all there is to life? Isn't there more? But you're scared to voice your thoughts. You're scared to tell anybody else about it because you might think, you, you think that they will think that you're crazy. So you've kept these things to yourself and you've kept these dissatisfactions to yourself. But God is saying, I have heard you. I have read your thoughts. I have heard your cry. I see your desperation. I'm coming for you, sir. I'm coming for you, ma'am. I'm running to you. I'm hunting you. I'm after you. You can't go anywhere where my arm won't reach. You can't go anywhere where my hand can't touch you. Even when you make your bed in hell, I am there, Jesus said. So maybe you've been fluffing up your pillow in your bed in hell. Maybe you've been making your bed and getting the sheets right on your bed in hell. And Jesus says, even there, I am there with you. Even there, my hand, yes, stretches even that far. I've already conquered death. I've already conquered hell. I've already conquered the grave. I can conquer absolutely anything that you might have going on in your life. Anything. And I felt God speaking to my spirit this morning before I came here. That there's someone here that you 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 feel like you came here this morning feeling like that you 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 you've already had your last chance. That there are no more shots for you. You wasted your last shot. You're here this morning burdened down and weighed down because you feel like you know you had chance after chance after chance. And just recently, whenever it was, you blew it. You blew it again. And you're here feeling like that was it. I, th there's just something in your spirit telling you that that was your last shot. That was it. There's not going to be any more chances for you. Now you're going to have to live the rest of your life dragging yourself through life. Now you're going to have to live the rest of your life just with that weight of depression on you. And now you're going to have to live the rest of your life with that memory weighing in your mind. And you're going to be forever troubled. And you're going to be forever problemed by, by that situation. But Jesus has again sent me to tell you that that has been a lie from Satan. And it is not your last chance. And it is not your last shot. You don't get to decide when it's your last chance. And Satan doesn't get to decide if it's your last chance. Jesus gets the final say. And he's the God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances, fifth chances, infinite chances. His grace is mercy. His grace is, 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 is infinite. His mercy goes from here to the ends of the earth. He gets to say whether or not it's your last shot. And it's not your last shot. You've got more chances. God is giving you another chance here today. God is giving you another opportunity to pray, to repent, to come to him today. It is not over for you. It is not done. I don't care what regrets you have. I don't care who you've hurt. I don't care who you've let behind. It is not your last chance. Somebody praise him right now. Come on, somebody praise him right now. Jordan, I want you to come. Come on, put your hands together again for Jesus. Come on, come on, somebody praise him right now. Come on, I don't care what the devil said. I don't care if the devil said there's no more chances for you. The devil is a liar and the father of lies. There is more chances for you. There is more opportunities for you. Come on, I don't care what you've stuck into your veins. I don't care what you've put in your mind. I don't care what you've been dabbling with on the internet. I don't care the places that you've gone. Jesus has freedom and has liberty for you today. Why do you think we can feel so much joy? Why do you think we can feel what we feel in this house today? Because there are people all around. 
around you who have been set free from all those things that I mentioned. There are people all around you that sat in a jail cell and thought that it was over for them. But Jesus came to them and said, it's not over for you until I say it's over. Here's another chance. Here's grace. Here's mercy. Let it be in Spokane as it is in heaven. You want to talk about infinite grace? That's all there will be in heaven is just grace, just mercy. That's all we'll feel as we're worshiping around the throne. You think this feels good today? Just wait until that day in eternity. You don't know grace and you don't know mercy until you get to that place in heaven. And God is saying, I want to pour out what's already been manifested in heaven. I want it to be manifested on earth. What the grace and mercy that exists in heaven, God is wanting to open up the windows and pour out a of it down on earth. Brother Lowell, you confirmed what I felt in my spirit. We were shaking hands and I was feeling this for, for 20, 30 minutes and Lowell just casually said, the spirit of God is so strong in here, I feel like somebody can be healed today. And I take that as a confirmation of what was already in my mind and my spirit. God can do anything. I don't care how many times you prayed. I don't care how many times you tried. Yeah, I know. Hey, I know sometimes we don't we pray and it doesn't always go the way we want to. And we don't all have a the, the, the corner figured out on God. We don't have all the answers. But we also know there's been plenty of times where we prayed and it did happen. So how many people in here have seen miracles of divine healing? How many people here can testify that God did it for you? Look around you right now. Look at all these hands that are raised. Come on. We've seen too much to not pray. We've seen too much to not put God to the test. We've seen too much to not stretch our faith and believe that people will be healed in his name. I feel like the disciples that said, I, I cannot help but talk about what I've seen and heard. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pharisees. I'm sorry, religious officials. You want us to stop talking about this Jesus? I'm sorry. I cannot help but talk about what I have seen and heard. I, I, I cannot help but testify about it. And I've seen and heard too much to not preach this over and over again and see the results of what only God can do. I cannot help preach this because of some of the stories I've already told you. And I cannot help but preach this, uh, this, this message today because of, of, of when I was in, again, Little Rock, Arkansas. Amen. Just a few years ago. Amen. We were praying there. And we were just believing on Jesus' name. We were not trusting in our own power. We were trusting in the power of his name. The Bible says whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So we prayed over that crowd. There was thousands of people in that crowd. And we couldn't get to everyone so we spoke a word of faith over them we spoke the name of Jesus over them and there was a, a mother and her nine-year-old son in the audience that night I still have an email from her pictures and the testimony of it his name was Brady he was in the audience that night and Brady had had uh, many different health issues and a severe severe form of diabetes that was incredibly rare for a nine-year-old boy to have amen and from birth he was afflicted with all kinds of different sickness but we prayed over him that night I didn't even know he was in the audience but his, his, his mom felt that something just changed and something just shifted in the atmosphere when we prayed. She felt like heaven had come down to earth there in Little Rock, Arkansas. And so she took her boy in for an appointment about a week later because she wanted to follow up on what she believed God had done. They did some tests and the doctors, as, as usual when God works a miracle, the doctors were very confused and they looked at their, their results and they said, something's not right. We'll be back. We're going to do more tests. They did more tests. They did 
over and over tests and, and the, the mom just wasted, waited patiently in the room knowing what had already happened with a smile on her face. The doctor came back in the room and said, ma'am, we have tested this multiple times. We don't know what happened from the last time you came in here until now, but your boy no longer has any diabetes in his system whatsoever. It's completely gone. He's healed. We've never seen anything like this in all of our lives. And I don't know, I'm not a doctor, I don't know how they can test this. But they said, and through our uh, extensive and, and advanced machines and advanced testing, we can also tell through our tests. I don't know if they tested genes or how they did it, but they said we can also tell by our tests that he will very, 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 very likely never have this problem ever again in his life. Your boy is more healthy than we have ever seen him since you first brought him to us. That's just one story of many. And now little, now he's 10 or 11, little Brady gets to walk around and live a normal life and gets to walk around and live a little bit better life than he did before. Why? Because a little bit of heaven came down to earth and blessed him in that moment. And God is wanting it to be in Spokane as it is in heaven. I, I, I know, I know that until we get there, it'll never be perfect. I know that until we get to heaven, there'll be pain, there'll be suffering, and things will happen. I know. But that doesn't mean we can't experience little pieces and little pockets of heaven as we walk through life. That's what this church is all about. That's what Pentecost is all about. You can come here on a Sunday morning living in black and white, living in darkness, living in depression. You can come to an altar or even in your pew while the preacher's speaking. Lift your hands and a piece of heaven can come down to you and all of a sudden black and white turns into color and you're seeing things you've never seen and you're feeling things you've never felt before and the hurt and the pain and the regret that nobody else could touch and nobody else could fix all of a sudden begins coming to the surface and the next thing you know you're shaking and you're, you're tearing up and, and you're crying and you can't figure out why. Honey, let me tell you why. That's the presence of God. That's the very real King of Kings and Lord of Lords that has come down into this place to allow you to taste a glimpse of heaven. He's trying to let you know, this is how good I am. And why don't you come join me? Why don't you have a relationship with me? If you think this is good, oh honey, just there's more for the rest of your life. If you think this is good, oh honey, just wait till that day where we go over yonder to eternity. That's peace. That's joy. That's perfection like you've never known. And in heaven, there will be no pride. There will be no pride. Nobody will be like, you know, James and John's. Who's going to be the greatest in heaven? And they stifled healing and they stifled a revival because of that question. That's not what it's going to be like in heaven. No, you know what's going to happen? There's going to be one throne with one sitting on the throne whose name is Jesus Christ. And every one of us that make it there are going to be on our knees around that throne. No one's taller than one another. No one's bigger than one another. No one's better. Your paycheck don't matter. Your background don't matter. 
Your talents, your skills don't matter. Your good looks don't matter. Your fashion doesn't matter. Your clothes don't matter. Come on, none of that matters anymore. Instead, we are all now around the feet of Jesus. No more pride. And we're just crying, holy, holy, holy. We're just doing what the angels are doing. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. Hosanna in the highest. There's no one greater than you, and there's no one higher than you. No more pride. And I don't know about you, but why can't it be in Spokane like it is in heaven? There's some of us, and I'm just going to be really bold right now. We have not. There's a lot of us that have responded and moved. This is a wonderful church that always responds to the preaching. You've been awesome. God bless you for your faith over these past few weeks. Amen. But there are still some of us, if I could be so bold, that have not shifted and we have not moved. And when the call of God comes to step out in faith, we have stayed in our pew and we have stayed where we are spiritually. And I don't know all the reasons. I'm not here to bash you over the head and neither is God. But God is saying, let it be in Spokane as it is in heaven where there's no more pride and there's no more of us thinking, well, I don't really need God today. I got a blessing last month. I don't really need God today because, well, my great grandma was a preacher in some some other, other place or I don't really need God because this has been in my family for so long. I don't really need to get desperate and cry out to God and let snot and tears fall on the carpet. I'm good, God. I think I'm okay today. Maybe hit me up in a few months when I got some problems. Hit me up in a few months when my bank account's running low. Then I'll be at the altar. Why don't we let all that aside and say, no, no, no. I'm desperate for him. I might be 55. I might be 25. I might be 60. I may have lived for God all my life. I may be a first-time visitor, but I need something from God. I'm, I'm desperate for him, and I want heaven to come down to earth. So I'm going to pray like I've never prayed. I want to see things like, that I've never seen before. And God, forgive me for getting so mad at my spouse or my brother and sister for something so small. And I've been all worked up and I've been refusing to pray because of what someone did to me. And I've had my arms crossed and I'm not responding and I'm not getting involved because, well, they need to prove to me and I, they, they did me wrong. And God, forgive me. I'm leaving all that at the altar today because I want it to be in Spokane as it is in heaven. you've done, no matter how long you've been living in it, no matter how messed up it is, I know I've been a broken record every Sunday morning, this is just what God puts in my spirit, no matter what you've entertained, no matter what thoughts you've been battling, you wish to God that they weren't in your mind and you've been battling these thoughts, hey, this is why you're here, this is what the church is for, God can set you free, God wants to bring some heaven to your mind. Your mind's been darkened by the spirits of this world. God wants to bring some heaven, some peace, and some light into your mind. In my own family, I have some family members that now you would never know it, but over 20 years ago, they had first got married, and uh, the man, the husband, got into a horrible cocaine habit, began sniffing cocaine like crazy cops at his house all the time he would shut the doors, lock the doors constantly be peering through the blinds, family members couldn't even visit him, he was so paranoid, his brain so messed up, he would lock his wife sometimes out of the house too, she couldn't get in, so messed up with his cocaine habit, 
And she responded in the wrong way. And instead of going to God and going to Jesus, she went and tried to look for love in the wrong places. She ended up having an affair with somebody other than her husband. And their life was just broken. Their life was just falling apart. And they had already started to have some kids. And their kids were starting to get left destitute and starting to have nothing and nobody. But people of God kept reaching out to them. And God kept reaching after them. And God kept stretching and pulling and reaching for these people. And they finally submitted and they finally surrendered. And through hard work and through grace and through God's love and compassion, he was able to get off his cocaine habit. And in spite of knowing about his wife's affair, he was able to forgive her and she was able to forgive him. And they reconciled. And 20 years later, if I told you who they were, you would have no idea. You would be shocked that, that, that they are the people that I'm talking about in this story. And now they pastor a wonderful church. Now they've got great kids. If you, Nothing's wrong with his brain. Amen. They have a wonderful marriage. They're unified. It's full of love. Amen. And if you looked at them today, you would have absolutely no idea that what I just said happened to them. How does this kind of stuff happen? How do these stories of redemption happen? They don't happen by accident and they don't happen by happenstance. They happen when heaven comes down to earth and when a human soul is willing to surrender and willing to submit and willing to say, okay, I'm done running. Not my will, but thy will be done. I'm done running. Here's my cocaine. Here's my marijuana. Here's my affair. Here's all my junk. Here's all my dirt. Come on. God can restore a marriage and bring it back together. No matter how much dirt has been done, God can still bring it back together. I need somebody to believe that with me. Maybe you're here and you've got a troubled marriage. Hey, God is able to bring it back together. God is able to heal those, those wounds and heal those hurts and give you a beautiful marriage and a beautiful future for your children. There's nothing that God can't do. There's nothing that he is not able to perform. There's nothing that my God cannot do heaven on earth heaven on earth heaven on earth and I know I'm taking my time with this and I'm just following the Lord right now some of you some of you are fixing to give up some of you are fixing to replace some things whether it's your marriage whether it's whether it's some things in your own life, maybe you've even given up on your own life and you're contemplating even, God forbid, ending your own life. You're, 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 all you can think about is replacement. This is too messed up to be fixed, so I'm just going to replace it. I'm just going to get a new one. I'll just, I'll just try to start over somehow. And God has sent this preacher to say, do not try to replace what God wants to repair. Do not try to replace what God is wanting to repair. You might never be able to fix it on your own, and it might be in a thousand broken pieces on the ground in front of you. You might say, there's no way God can fix that. There's no way God can fix my life. My fall was too great. My fall was too hard. I can't be fixed. And God says, watch me. Watch me. See what I do. Just try me. Just test me out. You're trying to replace something that was always meant to be repaired. Everybody that sadly takes their own life in this country, they replace what God has wanted to repair. But they would not allow him to repair what only God can. I don't care how broken your soul is. I don't care how broken your spirit is. God wants to repair you. God is reaching for somebody. That's why I can't quite stop. God is stretching for somebody. God is having to pull really hard because you've put up a lot of guards and you've put up a lot of walls. God is reaching 
searching for you. He wants to give you a future that you never knew was possible. There are people sitting here in this audience, stone-faced. There are people here, and you're not wanting to show all the emotions on your face because you're worried about what other people might think. And God is saying to you that he has a beautiful future for you, and you may not see it, but some of those people sitting in the pews, God wants to make preachers out of you, and God wants to make ministers out of you, and God wants to do incredible things through your life. So he's pulling, so he's tugging, and we're going to come to the altar, we're going to pray in just a minute. I want to give us enough time to pray. Amen. The Spirit is moving. The Spirit is here. The Spirit has rested upon this place. God's eyes are on this church. What this church is doing in Spokane is unlike what any other church of any other denomination is doing in Spokane. I'm not throwing stones. I'm, not, I'm, I'm thankful for what everybody does. But what I'm saying is there is something special and something divine that is emanating and coming from this church. God is going to use this church to lead Liberty Lake and Spokane and the surrounding regions regions in the northwest to a revival and a repentance like the world has not seen, I believe, since the days of the book of Acts. I believe that. I believe there's going to be a mass repentance like we have not seen. It's going to be John the Baptist style where all throughout the region people are going to come to repentance and it's going to remind us of Azusa. It's going to remind us of the revivals in Wales. It's going to remind us of revivals of old. Come on, is anybody crazy enough to believe this with me? I believe that God has this in store for Spokane. And I'm closing right now. But how ironic that God would use this preacher to share what I'm sharing with you today. How ironic is it that God is using this messed up wretch of a kid that was so far from God to speak into this microphone and to build somebody's faith here today. How ironic is it that God's using this kid who used to go to church when he was a teen because his parents were smart enough to make him to. I used to go to church so pumped up on Vicodin and Oxycodone that I couldn't feel the presence of God and all I could just feel was floaty. This kid. How ironic that God would use this kid to preach this message. I used to sneak alcohol into my school. I used to drink or smoke and get high before I come to church and sit there on the pew, desensitized, setting myself apart from the presence of God. How ironic. But heaven came to earth for a 17-year-old boy that was hooked on prescription pills. Heaven came to earth for a 17-year-old kid that was so messed up and so brazen that he would walk into a preacher's home, go into their medicine cabinet, and take their oxycodone and their hydrocodone out of their medicine cabinet so I could use it for my own recreational purposes. That's how powerful God is. And at 17 years old, everything changed for this kid. And heaven came to earth in a small, tiny shoe closet of a room in a basement where it was just me and God alone in the dark. And I said, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of this world. I'm tired of the ways of this world. It's so empty. It's so meaningless. Nothing else matters but you, God. And I got on my knees, and heaven came into that room, and there was a sound like a rushing mighty wind, so to speak. I was renewed in the Holy Ghost, began to speak in other tongues. I stayed in that room for almost two days, and I came out of that room a changed man. And that was eight years ago. I'm 25 years old. That was eight years ago. And I've never been the same since. 
I know I keep sharing my testimony, but it's because it's the only one I have. These are the only shoes I've walked in. And in that eight-year time span, I have seen cancers healed. I have seen diabetes healed. I have seen hernias healed. I have seen all kinds of different maladies healed. Amen. We have seen the mute speak. We have seen hundreds of people around the world receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. How? How is this possible? All because heaven came to earth in one moment for a 17-year-old kid. As I conclude today, there's somebody here that, that you are in the same position I was in before I gave my life to God. I was running. I was running with all my might. But even though I thought I was running well, I was just on a treadmill and I wasn't getting very far. And Jesus was right there behind me the whole time, his hand on my coattails, saying, whenever you're ready to turn, whenever you're ready to stop running, I'm right here. Whenever you're ready to stop putting your faith in other things and trying everything else but me. I'm right here. I'm right here. When I was willing to make a total surrender, that's when everything changed. And heaven came to earth for this boy. If you're running today and you've been running, just know you can't outrun God. And this can be the day where everything changes. This can be the day where you say, I'm done. I'm done and I'm coming to you, Jesus. I'm done, and I'm putting everything on the altar. I'm trying you. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care if I don't even know what all this is about. I've never been to this church. In just a moment, I'm going to come to this altar. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to repent of my sins, and then I'm going to begin to pray and worship God like I never have. And heaven is going to come down to earth like I've never felt it. Heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. I wonder if we could lift our hands and pray right now. Come on, I wonder if we can lift our hands and pray right now. You've been standing for a while. Come on, some of us are already at the altar. That's all right. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. I feel a divine visitation. I, I don't want to get in the way of what God wants to do. Come on, I feel a divine touch, His divine hand resting on this place. Come on. Come on, this is the beginning where everything changes. This is the day where everything changes. Come on, do you believe what's been spoken? Do you believe what's been prophesied to you today? Come on, I believe the gifts of the Spirit are going to begin to operate like we have not seen. Come on, some of you are going to be used in the gifts of the Spirit today, beginning today in ways like you've never been used before. You've been praying for it. Come on, step out in faith. Heaven is coming to Spokane. Heaven is here in Spokane. There are people here that God is leading to repentance. If God has spoken to you, then repent. Come to this altar. Lay your sins at this altar and repent. If you need a healing in your body, I want you to come to this front. God can heal you. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, why don't you come? Why don't you lay down your arms and your pride? Come to this altar and God will fill you with the Holy Ghost and you will know it when you begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives you the utterance. Come on, that's it. Try Him. Try Him. Come on. Come on. I offer you that, that challenge, that imploration today. Just try him. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Oh, Jesus. Come on. We're coming with faith. We're bringing our faith to the altar today. Come on. Come on. Come on. Just come and lift your hands. Come on. Whatever you feel, bow your knee, lift your hands. Come on. Don't resist the pulling of God. That's it. Just lift your hands. Cry out to him. Watch the tears begin to flow down your face.
Oh, yes. In Spokane, as it is in heaven. These are the days of revival. These are the days where everything changes. Come on, do you want it? Do you want to be on board? Do you want more of God than you've ever felt, seen, or experienced? Come on, now is the time. Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Harden not your hearts. Today is the day of salvation. your eyes and just begin to repent of your sins. Jesus, I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for what I've said. I'm sorry for what I've fought. Come on, that's it. Surrender those sins to him. Surrender those sins to him. Miracles are in this place. That's it. Keep your eyes closed. Lift your hands. Lift your voice and begin talking to God, begin crying out to Him. Forgive me, Jesus, for what I've done. Forgive me for what I've said. I don't want to be the way I used to be. That's it. Come on, if you're sick of the Holy Ghost, you need to pray that prayer. If you're a saint of God, pray right now that heaven would come to earth like you've never experienced it before. 